Hey, retro lovers. Welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your hosts, Alex and Brandon. So I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. And we're Nostalgia Junkies. We just might be. And uh, today we're having a Blizzy for the Boys special. Sponsored by DQ. Yes. I wish. <laughs> That'd be great. Could you maybe get DQ as a sponsor? Dang. Today in Nostalgia Junkies, we're going to be talking about game shows, specifically Nickelodeon game shows. Some of my favorite game shows. But before we get into that, I heard a term, a phrase this week, and I want to see if you've ever heard it. Sure. Dink. Dink? Like, you're such a dink. No, so not like being a dink, but to choose to be a dink. Like a D-I-N-K is an acronym. Oh, no, no idea. It's dual income, no kids. Really? Yeah. Sure. And That's I, you. It is me. You're a dink, dude. I am a dink. So this got me thinking, though. Doug Funny. Yep. What was the name of his neighbors? Were they the dinks? They were the dinks. Well, and they never had kids. Someone knew what they were doing. So I'm wondering, was that the intent? Was it for them to be dinks, dual income, no kids? Or was it for them to be a dink like you're, you're such a dink? Probably a little bit of both. Which it's funny because like, I've never heard the acronym before this week of dual income, no kids. Neither. But it, it makes a lot of sense. It, it certainly does. I definitely never tied it to Doug, but. So uh, I guess that makes me a dink. So, you know, I have all this dual income to spend with uh, no kids to spend it on. Exactly. So I spend it on my inner child. Well, you're already spending it on your future kids, too. That is true. It's an investment. I mean, I'm buying a lot of kids' clothes for kids I don't even have. He also has a creepy white van, so I don't know. Shh, that was a secret. <laughs> it's not listed, not registered. The sad part is he's a teacher. <laughs> so, I mean, having all this dual income... You know, I feel like I've been able to invest it in things that I really enjoy and different passions and hobbies that, quite honestly, you have fueled a lot of them. Yeah, most of them. <laughs> most of them, yeah. You're, you're my bad... You're like the dealer for my vices. Essentially. You're my dopamine dealer. Dopamine dealer. I like that. It's going to be my new Instagram handle. But uh, one of those things being vintage t-shirts. Oh, so good. Well, I remember last year, like, you know, our, our friend Dustin... That's his whole business model is vintage t-shirts and vintage clothing. Yep. And I would pick up a few Yukon shirts every now and then from him. But I, I remember talking with Jocelyn saying, I'm never going to get into vintage t-shirts. I don't see the point. What, why would I get, get a vintage t-shirt and when then, I can get a $20 bootleg? And then he saw all the cool ones I was wearing and started buying them again. Yo, it's, it's sad, but true. I mean, right. Like I'm wearing the Turok shirt that I found this week in flea marketing. And I absolutely love it. And because it really is kind of the thrill of the hunt and seeing the different advertising styles that they used to use. Yeah, it's awesome. And while we're on the topic, I also invest in shirts that I think are going to be future bangers. Like this M&M shirt from 2010, but, you know, 20, 30 more years. So speaking of vintage t-shirts, I've also really gotten into the vintage hat game. And I absolutely love vintage hats. And I, I kind of ruined this, this intro for the podcast because I, I posted this question to you at the shop the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vintage hats or vintage t-shirts? If you could only choose one, what would you choose? T-shirts. 
Really? Yep. I, I feel like I'm on the other side of the spectrum that I would totally go with the vintage hats. Nah, because for well, so for instance, on a hat, you could only fit like a logo. Shirt is like art, dude. It's like a big, it could be a whole scene from a movie or a video game image. You can't fit much on a hat. Okay, I I could see that. I I can hear that. I just feel like the hats are a little more rare. Oh, they definitely are. They made way less than the shirts. And it's actually interesting that I pick shirts because I literally wear a hat every day. That's why I was surprised when you said that you went with shirts because I I don't think I've ever seen you without a hat. No, probably not. But I'm also thinking with the hat, like it's easier to pair a hat with an outfit than it is to pair a shirt with everything. Because like the shirt is the basis of the outfit. Where like I have, I mean, I granted it's it's a bootleg, but I have the gargoyles hat that I wear with almost everything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You could, yeah, the hat you could definitely match with more variety. Yeah, but that that's just where I'm sitting at. Like I would much rather go the vintage hat route than the vintage t-shirt route. But I can easier justify spending two hundred dollars or one hundred fifty dollars on a vintage t-shirt than I could a vintage hat. It's really hard for me to justify spending anything over forty bucks on a hat. Whether even if it's new, that's fair. Like that Bone Thugs hat that I wear all the time, mm-hmm. it's like a four hundred dollar hat, but I got it for two dollars. <laughs> Was well, like my new favorite hat has been the uh, the Nintendo Power Fest hat. It's a great hat. I love it, and it goes with everything. We it's it's like just like your car's hat that you're wearing right now. Mm-hmm. It's that black and red. If I wasn't wearing the Surge hat, I would be wearing that right now, just because again it goes with black and red, and it'd be Nintendo and Nintendo. The Surge hat is awesome. I love the Surge hat. I need this Surge bottle cooler for the shop. I'm actually looking for one for the basement. I know you are. You already got your R2. Listen, I need something for the office over here. Yeah, okay. So how about we start getting into our Nickelodeon game shows? Nickelodeon game shows. Yeah, let's do it. So the first game show that we're talking about tonight is Legends of the Hidden Temple. Such a classic. Always wanted to be on it when I was a kid. Right? Well, I also, you know who the voice of Olmec was, right? Uh, yep. Um, the voice of everything. Almost every single animal and anything animated. Every single animal? He's also done a lot of like SpongeBob characters and other characters. But chances are, if you've ever heard a cat or a dog or a bird... In a show, and it wasn't Frank Welker doing the oh, voice. Oh, it was oh. this guy. Um, I don't know. It wasn't Jim Cummings, right? Nope. I don't know. D. Bradley Baker. Oh, of course. This so not only was D. Bradley Baker the voice of Olmec, that was his first voice acting job. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. I honestly, I knew it was him. I didn't know it was his first job until today when I was like doing like the last little bit of research for the podcast. Because, you know, with all these shows coming out in 1992, being born in 1993, I missed the original like, you know, conception of these shows. This is true. You did. I mean, and to be fair, I wasn't that much older, but I still, still got a little more education <laughs> from them than you. I feel like you also got to see the reruns. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because by the time like, I was into Nickelodeon, you know, Rugrats was booming. So they were like, okay, we're going the Nicktoons route. And they dropped almost all game shows after 1995, 1996. That's true. Um, can't remember what year uh, Figure It Out ended. Do you remember Figure It Out? Mm-mm. 
the host was Summer San- Summer Sanders, and there was four celebrities on a panel, and it would usually be like Lori Beth Demberg, Danny Tamborelli, like people from other Nickelodeon shows, and they would go against one contestant, and the contestant would have like something about them that these people would have to try to figure out. Okay. Like, oh, I have the Guinness World Record for this or something. Like a fun fact about the... So it was kind of like a guess who version of what would you do or what would you do with like the talent show. Kind of, yeah. And then there'd be like other mini games and stuff involved. But, okay. And it was kind of like they would have to fill in blanks that were up on a big board. So it was they kind of tied in like almost like a Mad Libsy aspect to it as well. Hmm. But that was on later 90s, I believe. I I still never saw it. I, I was more of a Disney kid, to be honest. Which is I was sad. both. Like I love Disney. I love Cartoon Network. I I feel like Nickelodeon was in a weird groove towards the mid to late nineties. Oh, most definitely. It, it was like it hadn't found its SpongeBob yet, and then it found too much SpongeBob. Too much. <laughs> and then it was just SpongeBob. I mean, you're not wrong with any of them. I mean, I again again I love Nickelodeon. I I consider myself a kid of the trifecta. Cartoon Nickelodeon, Network. Cartoon Network, and Disney Channel. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch much Cartoon Network, but always watched the other two. But yeah, no, I was definitely a cartoon kid. If it wasn't animated, it wasn't hand-drawn, I wasn't watching it. Um, I was a little both. I was probably more into live action, though. Like, I mean... The cartoons I watched the most were definitely Doug and Rugrats and stuff like that. And then when my younger brother was of the age where he started watching stuff like that, it was like Cat Dog and Rocket Power. Cat Dog. Cat Dog. Oh, man. So, but I was more like, I loved like Even Stevens and Boy Meets World and Sabrina and. The earlier ones, like Clarissa, which you said you were getting into recently. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, and, I, after your recommendation, I finally started watching Clarissa Explains It All. And it's a very good show. Very good. I, I think, and so speaking about the live action, I think Disney Channel just had, to me, better live action TV shows. I think that the storylines were just better flushed out. 100%. Even, even like, in more recent years, with uh, Good Luck Charlie and Wizards of Waverly Place, they were they were all good. Sweet Life, like I didn't care how old I was, I was still watching that. <laughs> Laying in bed at night watching Sweet Life. <laughs> I think the last good Nickelodeon show to me was The Thunderman. I've only seen like clips. I never watched that. Did you like iCarly? I did like iCarly. I thought I, it was a good show. I still have to watch the, 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 is it the reboot or the renewal, whatever they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either, but. I, I've heard some good things. I've heard some bad things. Like the mix, the mixed messages to me just makes me want to watch it more. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you got to draw your own opinion on it. But Drake and Josh was another one that was awesome, of oh, course. Oh, Drake and Josh. So good. It's spherical. <laughs> spherical. <laughs> Classic. Hug me, brother. I I definitely, I think, was more, like, I could go on and on about the live-action shows I watched. Lizzie McGuire, That's So Raven, Smart Guy, like, Mm -hmm. and then even, 
Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many. Cartoons was definitely more limited, but I loved like Tailspin and DuckTales and Darkwing Duck and all that as well. Mm-hmm. The guy that was uh, next to me at physical therapy today, he was saying how he's introducing his son to all the good, good classics, and he listed Tailspin, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck. Yes, he gets an A for the day. And I just like, I like sat up, I was lying down working on a supine cane stretch. I was like, you're doing the good job. You're doing, doing the Lord's right work. Blood. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But so Legends of the Hidden Temple. One of, I would say, one of the more better regarded or more regarded shows on Nickelodeon for game shows. How did you feel about the difficulty of Legends of the Hidden Temple? It, I thought it was definitely difficult for the age of the kids that were on it. Like, do you know approximately out of the 150 episodes or 150 contestants, how many of them actually won? Like ballpark? It couldn't be more than 40. It was right about 30 to 40. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, that's wild. That's a, that's a low percentage. But it, what, it ran for three, three to four seasons. Yep. And apparently they only had a budget for eight grand prizes per season. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I guess they had to make it hard. Some yep. of those some of those things were like American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> well it's like was it the uh the temple guards that would come out and literally just scare the kids? Apparently they scared one girl so much she threw up on the course. I mean, I don't doubt that. I'm sure multiple people peed. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it was like that show. It was funny because you, you would watch them like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to do it. They're definitely going to do it. And then the temple guards come out. I was like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have this 11-year-old growing up against a full-grown man. It's like, God, take me down, Sonny. You go the wrong route and they catch you. That's it, right? It's, yeah. You're done. Uh, lame. There's no... There's no... Uh, Redemption. Thank you. I was going to call say remediation, no. but that, that's the wrong word. Yeah, we're not removing asbestos or yeah. something. <laughs> Just yeah. removing children from the game. So, but uh, any other words for Legends of the Hidden Temple? No, I just always wanted to be a blue barracuda. Um, I get you're definitely a purple parrot. Less than I like. Was it the silver serpents or whatever it was? Silver snakes. I think. Silver snakes. Yeah. No, right. you're a purple. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but speaking of difficult game shows, guts. Oh, I love guts. Was my favorite. I wanted to be on it so bad. It was like um, American Gladiators for kids. It was so good. I Michael, wanted to climb the aggro crag. I just wanted a piece of the aggro crag. That glowing. Oh, so beautiful. Michael O'Malley's a man. Best host. So good. So I was watching like the Global Guts earlier today. How many contestants got a perfect score across all events? Oh, man. Um, how many seasons was that one? Uh, off the top of my head, I do not know. Six? Three. Oh, okay. Only three people in the history of guts or global guts got a perfect score. That's crazy. It's good. I mean, it was it seven events? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah, like that that's crazy. Like you have to come in first place in all six. Three like, people. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I want to try it now. Dude, <laughs> we would break a hip. No. I would dislocate my right arm. Probably. I'd be right there with you. <laughs> but no, I I loved watching like the highlights of Guts. Because sometimes it would just like air like little pieces 
of the show. Yeah, yeah, they did. Like a flashback. And yep. I always loved watching the flashbacks. Because growing up in like the later 90s, early 2000s, Guts didn't exist. Correct. But they would show flashbacks like during like, oh, remember when Nickelodeon did this? Or remember this person? We now have them here. I wanted that show to come back because I wanted to be on it. But that market for like the late 90s, early 1000s didn't exist for game shows. We didn't no. have any of that. No, kids' game shows weren't a thing anymore. It was literally just like your There's typical... something called lawsuits. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it pretty much you had uh, just your classic Price is Right, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. Like, well, listen, <laughs> that was the sick day lineup. You got Campbell's Chicken Noodle Soup and Price is Right. You're great. Ginger Ale. Throwing Let's Make a saltines. Deal. Dude, speaking of Wheel of Fortune, though, Pat Sajak is retiring after this season. I know. It's Crazy. so sad been forever i wonder if they're going to i mean they're obviously not going to turn off the show they're no gonna they're the going to recast going. it but i'm interested who would you like to see i i don't know on so if anything it'd be pulling from the jeopardy lineup i would love buzzy from jeopardy buzzy i don't even know who that is so back when they did the tournament of champions yeah buzzy was one of the contestants and he always was like this like looked like a southern like esquire guy like pastel suit bow tie okay just he was a character and so when after after you know alex trebek passed away yeah they brought back some of the tournament of champions like ken jennings well, yeah ken is uh, buzzy and the uh the guy that was like the las vegas guy yeah ken, they brought them back to the host ken jennings has been the host now for a while him and uh me and mm-hmm. switch off but i would love for Buzzy to be the host of Wheel of Fortune, because I think that his character personality will be perfect. Yeah, I I don't have an opinion on him because I don't know. I don't know who he is. But... Go, go watch some highlights or I'll send you some. Because he's just, even his banter with Alex Trebek back then, like you could tell that while they were professional on camera, the two of them were definitely bullshit and off camera. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. I don't know who I would pick. I'm not sure off the top of my head who I'd want to see every night on Wheel of Fortune. Ooh, what about Jim Gaffigan? <laughs> that's that's not bad. Spin the wheel, round and round it goes. Where <laughs> yeah. it stops, nobody knows. Up oh, bankrupt. That means we take your money. That would be good, actually. I could see him doing something stupid. So Vanna's gonna turn over the. Oh, not that one. That one's not lit up. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, that could be oh, really good. It could be really bad, too. <laughs> it could. It could. No, but I, I feel like you have to go, or I, w- I would press that you, you got to go the comedian route. Oh, God. Yeah, I feel like it has, has to be with someone that, with at least some comedic ability, for sure. Did you imagine Burt Kreischer? Oh, God. Just taking his shirt off. Wheel of Fortune, baby! Yeah, I don't think that one's going to happen. Spin the wheel, I'll spin something else. <laughs> oh my, what is up with you today? You're not allowed to it's eat. It's the sugar. It's the I was going to say, he's not allowed to have blizzards before podcasts anymore. Uh, How about like Dane Cook? <laughs> Crash chicks. Yeah. <laughs> A big bowl of holy. I loved Dane Cook when he first came out. But yeah. What, what, do go what do we got next? So next, I think you're going you're gonna to love this one. Double Dare. Oh, that's... Hands down the best. I mean, Mark Summers, 
what more could you want in a game show host, mm-hmm. especially for kids? Um, I love, it was one of my favorites because it mixed two of my favorite things. You could have the, you had the trivia questions, but then you also had the physical challenges. So it was, it was just fun all around. That's another one I would have loved to be on. I agree. It's funny because when we met Mark Summers, I noticed something that he signed on. I said, take the physical challenge. I'm like, damn, you trying to say something? Oh, no. And then I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, f- I forgot. That was a part of Double Dare. That's hilarious. I thought Mark Summers was trying to say something about my weight. You ding dong. You're a dink. I'm a dink. <laughs> oh, man. No, he was a really nice guy. We did learn that he does not do podcasts, though. No, he's not allowed to. He told us he doesn't do that. He said, I don't do them anymore. I, th- I thought it was because he's a po- he has his own podcast and his podcasting, like the company that he does his podcast through won't let him be on podcasts at a network. I mean, that could be true, but that's not what he said to us. That's just the information you told me. Well, I thought that's what he said to us. Uh-uh. Oh, that's, I, that's totally what I heard. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I think I we, we both heard two different things. You heard, no, and I heard, wah, 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 wah. could be. We do have a couple people we're working on getting on for next season. It'd be nice. We still got to go back and forth with them, but we'll see what happens and hopefully it'll be a fun thing for our listeners. Ah, yeah, I hope so. How about the prizes on Double Dare, though? Do you remember the kind of stuff they used to give away? (laughs) It was like the worst stuff. Some of it was. If you got to the end, you'd get like rollerblades. I was like, a brand new bike. A pogo stick. So I was watching one of the episodes and they're going back and forth and they sort of ended up taking the physical challenge. Like, you have to run up this seesaw covered in grease while carrying an egg balanced on a spoon. Mm-hmm. Then you have to swim through all of this whipped cream without breaking the egg. And if you can then slide on your butt across this, you'll get this lovely set of encyclopedias. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Here, a pair of moon shoes. You're better off jumping on your bed, kid. Like, this like- kid's going to risk breaking his arm for a full set of encyclopedias. And you know what the mom's probably saying off camera in the early 90s? you got to get the encyclopedias. Or There's they- no way to figure out this information. Or they'd be like, a Geo Safari talking globe. <laughs> I'm like, no, dude. I want the good stuff. Wait, remember the Leapfrog tablets? Yeah, that was a little after my time, but yeah, oh, my wait, brother that's, did. That's all I can think of. VTech was my era we just came across a uh it was basically their version of the game gear but okay. it was leapfrog it actually looked like better quality than the sega game gear what isn't better quality than the game gear everything exactly but yeah so the prizes on double dare i feel like i'm wondering if being a kid in the 90s on that show how was it like if you do this, you're going to get encyclopedias or you're going to get moon shoes or you're going to get Pop-Tarts, a box of Pop-Tarts. One box, not a lifetime supply, one box. I'd take some Pop-Tarts. Yo, I'll be honest, Pop-Tarts are great. I love Pop-Tarts. What's your favorite? Ooh, either s'mores or the berry. Nope, neither. Really? Brown sugar cinnamon all the way. Ooh. See... They the gotta be sh- toasted, though. The brown sugar ones that I had growing up didn't have. There was no frosting on the top. Oh God, no, it was like garbage. It's just the pastry all the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They did like the 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 drizzle. No, that's why I don't like the brown sugar. Oh man, they ruined it. You gotta do the s'mores. Yeah, they're good too, but s'mores are. I don't really like all the fruit ones are too sweet for me. That's why it's just the berry. 
That's fair. Especially when they did the Pokemon berry ones. I remember that. Oh. I also preferred Toaster Strudels over Pop-Tarts and also the cinnamon ones of those. Well, that's like comparing fine dining to McDonald's. Yeah. Toaster Strudels from Pillsbury are great. They're like flaky and delicious. I I used to always ask for them. Can we get these? We have those at home. At home. Store brand Pop-Tarts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Like the, the bag of fruit. Rings instead of Fruit Loops. Mom, can we get Cinnamon Toast Crunch? We have them. They're called Cine Squares. Yeah. Oh, yep, exactly, dude. I used to love when they put like the mascots on those store bags too. They just be. <laughs> they were like the most depressing cartoon animals. They were terrible. It was like they the still, one they probably that still just are. High. Yeah. So this all stemmed from prizes on Double Dare. What was the um? I don't know if it was a prize or just like a Toys R Us sweepstakes in the 90s where you'd get like five minutes to just run around the store and load your cart with whatever you want. Maybe not five minutes, but it was probably like two minutes. They did a five-minute like toy, a Toys R Us toy spree. Could be, yeah. They definitely did. I, it was like a campaign. Dude, I remember seeing commercials for that and just like drooling. Like, <laughs> no, wasn't it only in New York that you had to go to the New York store? Probably. That would make sense, but... Oh my god! Imagine you catch that? me in the Nintendo aisle, just going straight down. I feel well. If you did it now, I feel like if you were a kid, you would not have thought that way. I loved video games as a kid, man. Did you? I, I loved them more than action figures, to be honest. That's fair. It depend. I guess it would depend on what age it was at when I was doing it. True. If I was like six or seven, it was probably definitely action figures. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd say fifth grade, middle school, more more video games. Yeah, yeah. But eighth, eighth grade, dude, I don't know. Eighth grade, I loved action figures again. Did you? Yeah, it was just like, I loved looking at them. I, I would play with them from time to time, too. I but, think I was still pretty heavy in Pokemon cards in eighth grade. Dude, those, those had such a rising fall with my generation. These kids that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, in elementary school, we loved Pokemon cards. Like, we, we lived and breathed them. Yep. And then it was Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, it wasn't Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, just Pokemon. But then they got banned from school. <laughs> but then after, after that, like, when we went into middle school, like, sixth grade, we all, we all stopped playing with Pokemon because, you know, we had to be grown up. It, we're in middle school now. It's sixth grade. We have dances. I don't have time for Pokemon yeah. cards. They're girls. I, don't care. I, I can't peek them at you. I need to jiggly her puffs. And then, and then we got to like seventh and eighth grade. And all of a sudden. I was definitely peeking my chew in dude, sixth grade. <laughs> but dude, seventh and eighth grade, like Pokemon came back. Like, for, like the oh, Pokemon yeah. cards came back. Like yep. we all got back into it. And then like it was funny because we ended eighth grade with everyone. everyone Loving Pokemon cards. I don't think anyone like was a hardcore collector. It's like, oh, what cards do you still have? And then ninth grade, it all died. Oh God, yeah, I didn't touch a Pokemon card from through high school and college. It was well after that when I started buying collections again. Yeah, now you just have a bunch. More than a bunch, yeah. Yes. So, want to move on to our next and second to last show? Sure. Nick Arcade. This is the one I know nothing about. I only watched it a few times. So Nick Arcade was basically, I, I would equate it to Double Dare, but instead of the physical challenge, 
there was the arcade game. Yeah, video game challenge. Yeah. They they did. I will say though, they did have some physical challenges. Okay, but it was it was never to the same um, extent that Double Dare was. Eh, to be expected, I guess. The prizes same quality. Encyclopedias, moon shoes, rollerblades, a box of pop tarts. The the difficult part of Nick Arcade for me was the games that they chose. Like they, what? So I mean, you had stuff everything from like you know Green Hill Sonic, which is super easy. Yes, yes. To the biker level on Battletoads. Oh God! Which is by far probably one of the hardest levels of all video games. Incredibly hard. And it wasn't like a work your way up from like most easy to difficult. They just throw you right into it. You, you were just go. like, what do you want to play? Sonic or Battletoads? I would definitely pick Sonic every day. There was Sonic. There was, oh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts was another one. And you would have to get so far in Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which. A cool premise for a game show, but yeah, that's some rough. But it's like, you're also, you're trying to quantify like different things. Like how do you, how do you equate passing level one in Sonic to Super Ghouls and Ghosts? Yeah, no, you don't. Or even even the Battletoads. Like you got to beat Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Or you can complete World 1 Level 1 in Super Mario. Oh, my. Which one do you want? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Like I said, I only watched it a few times. But, yeah, I would lose if they made me do that. Yeah, like, so <laughs> it was a cool premise. But I don't think they leveled out the difficult aspect of, like, ramping up, like, Guts. This is why I think Guts and Legends of the Hidden Temple were probably two of the best games. You started with the easiest levels and you got to the most difficult. Correct. Double Dare also did the same thing. Yeah, Nick it was Arcade, progressive, yeah. Nick Arcade did not. Nick Arcade would, like, sometimes it would, like, they would give him, like, two easy games at the beginning, but sometimes it's like, you could do Sonic or Battletoads, and if the kid didn't know and chose Battletoads, that kid's, you're done. Wow. Your, your team is shot. Bye. Dang, they're ruthless. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> Listen, it was it made it for an interesting show. Weed out the weaklings. Double Dare, I feel like you could rewatch episodes. Guts, you could rewatch episodes. Definitely. Nick Nick Arcade is a hard show if you're not into that. I'll have to go back and watch some of it. It's like pre Twitch, like watching kids play video games. True. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, In competitive, so people are still doing it. Yeah. Just in a different form. But usually on Twitch, and when you go to like, you know, PAX East, you're watching people play competitively who are good. Yes, exactly. True. It's not like your average Joe off nine the street. Year old, <laughs> nine-year-old trying to beat E.T. for the Atari. <laughs> <laughs> like, having never played on that system before. Like, they, like, they asked one girl, why did you choose this game? That sounded like fun. Does it, sound, does it seem like fun now? Oh, no. yeah, Mary? Well, you're going home empty-handed. So how No fun encyclopedia for you, except we're going to give you the letter Q because no one ever uses that one. Yeah. <laughs> how come the consolation prizes were better than the actual prizes? <laughs> you're going to Six Flags with six of your friends. Even like, what was it? A New Britain Rockcats minor league baseball game I went to when I was a kid. They picked kids to do like Dizzy Bat Race on the field, and I won the Dizzy Bat Race against this kid. The second place kid got four passes. Oh, I can't remember where to. It was somewhere good. 
It might have even been Six Flags, or it could have been. I don't remember. It was. It could have even been like Red Sox tickets or something. I don't remember, but it was four tickets to something good, and my prize was like a hat. <laughs> like not even a like it's a baseball so team hat. Like a. It was yeah. I'm like I won. I thought you were gonna say like he got to go to Six Flags and you got to go to Lake Compounds. I mean. I don't like either. So, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Six Flags, I feel is a pretty popular amusement park chain. That, yeah, that, there's that's a nationwide. Uh, Lake Compounds is a, an amusement park that is local to us here. I'm in pretty sure it's literally the world's oldest theme park. Yeah, I think. Well, wasn't it the Wildcat the oldest wooden roller coaster? Isn't it the Boulder Boulder Dash or whatever it is? No, the white one. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Wildcat. Yeah. Yeah. Boulder Dash is the the I think the largest, largest wooden, wooden coaster, yeah. and the Wildcat was the oldest wooden. So pretty much, if you want to go on the most unsafe roller coasters, dude, I I heard some Com- stories about like Compound. You know, someone died on the Boulder Dash. I mean, I didn't, but I'm not surprised. It was a maintenance worker, like underneath, just completely decapitated. So, it's- what is our final uh, game show? What would you do? What would you do? No, that's the name of the show. I, I oh. know it is. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Just making sure. I don't remember a lot about what would you do. So I was watching uh, one of the episodes earlier today, and I can't remember what the name of the guy was, but he had perfected the game of hot and cold. Really? So, you, you know, when you, you go like, am I hot or am I cold? Yeah, yeah. getting yeah. warmer. Yeah, no, no. He does it through telepathy. Oh, come on. Dude, he chose, so they chose four people from the audience, had him hide a tennis ball on the Nickelodeon's campus. And then he like made this, made them stand around him, like in a, almost a diamond but with him as the point. And he made the, this one woman who was the last to touch it, like hold a, um, a handkerchief. Okay. And he held it. He goes, now I want you all just to think about where the item is. If I'm, if I'm moving towards the item, I want you to think hot. If I'm moving away, move cold. And I'll be like, he found it in like seven minutes. Really? Yeah. The whole time that like Mark Summers, who is the host of the show, this show as well, is like trying to like introduce him and like say what the concept's going to be and just do like the beginning of the show jargon. Yeah. This yeah. dude is just talking over him. But yeah, this is my name. This is what I do. You know, I do this wherever I'm at. And he's just steamrolling Mark Summers. And you can see Mark Summers like at one point just like do like a little hand motion, like point fingers up. Like turn my mic up and like this dude. Let me let me mic. drown this guy out. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, we need to like do like the hi. Welcome to what would you do? I'm Mark Summers. This is a Nickelodeon program, and this is who you are. The what would you do? Like prize concept was cool to me. The like wall of all the different numbered doors. That was cool. Yeah. I was the theme song for what would you do? Is also catchy. Yes. Oh, I thought it was weird. You think it's weird? Yeah. It, I for me it. When I think, what would you do? It's like, what would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> that one's like, what? what da, 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 da. Yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> it's very funky and weird for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it didn't, it, it, for me, it didn't fit the tone of the show. That's fair. Yeah. And that people don't realize how important the, the theme song is to the show. I mean, we did a whole episode on theme songs. I think you and I can attest that. Theme songs can make or break an audience's like view. We can also attest to the fact that Alice, Alex got his ass beat in that episode. You just wait till next season when we do 90s cartoons. I'm waiting. 
I I am waiting for a rematch. You'll get it. But uh, how about we move to our next and final section of the episode and do our trivia? We can. But I have to ask, did you ever watch Wild and Crazy Kids? Do you know what that is? All I could think of is Steve Martin going, Wild and Crazy Guys. Not even close. I didn't think so. So this one had different color teams. Okay. But it was, it was essentially, it was outside. Omar Gooding was the host. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially like field day. Like it was all physical challenges on mm-hmm. your teams. It was all kids, obviously. And it was like a big field day. And you would just compete in all the different, you know, tug of war with your whole team and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it was a game show in, on Nickelodeon in 1990. No, I don't think I've ever, I ever saw that. Check it out. Yeah. But let's get to our 90s trivia. Let's go. Go ahead. So, uh, Brandon. Yes. Put these Saturday Night Live weekend update news anchors in the order they appeared from earliest to latest. Earliest to latest. Okay. Kevin Nealon, Dennis Miller, Norm McDonald. I don't even know who Dennis Miller is. Uh... I'll put him first. I don't know. Uh, and then Neil and then Norm McDonald. Correct. Dennis Miller, Kevin Nealon, Norm McDonald. All right. Good job. Thank you. What popular 90s sitcom was a spinoff of Cheers? Frasier. Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. What links these clues together? Ryu Ken Zangief. Really? Yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and it was an easy one, but... Super easy. We're, we were just talking about Street Fighter yesterday, Super. so... It's the number of questions a contestant had to answer correctly to win $1 million in the original Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game show. Da-da-da-da. Is it nine? Nope. Ten? Fifteen. Really? Yep. Oh. You're trying to count the money level? I was trying to count the money levels. I'm like, wait, wait, is this... I missed a few. A couple. But did you see the, um, the, the, the reel going around about the million-dollar Pokemon question from the 90s? But which one of these is not a Pokemon? Like Jigglypuff, Squirtle, Pikachu, Frodo. What? And the guy had to use a 50-50, and it brought it to Jigglypuff and Frodo, and he still couldn't do it. That was a million-dollar? It might have been a 500000 Oh my god. But I'm like, so how? not only are you dumb enough to not know Pokemon, but all you needed to know was that Frodo was the Lord of the Rings. That was my thing. That was my thing. Because like granted, it, remember, it was early nineties who wants to be a millionaire. So I can understand them not like the So he had to be public. familiar with the book. I feel like being more familiar with Lord of the Rings at that time, you should have known that. I would think so, but I don't like, Oh. I would have known it obviously because of the Pokemon. But. Oh yeah. I think we are all, as kids, yelling at the screen, it's Frodo! It's Frodo! You're like, Mom, I would have won! Mom, I could have been a millionaire! Alex, shut up. You're six. I could have been a millionaire! (laughs) You don't know, Mom! I know Jigglypuff. (laughs) After you. Okay. How much was the fine at Blockbuster if you were unkind and did not rewind? There was a fine for not rewinding? Yes, it was called the uh, unkind fee. 50 cents. Correct. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Look at you. Three for three tonight. 
where would you find a group of flying toasters with wings and toast in the 90s? Why do I know this image? Because you do. And when I say it, you're going to be like, yeah. Was it a movie? Nope. Screensaver. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I could see it too. I'm like, that unlocked a memory. I thought way. you were going to get it right because I figured you'd know. But. No, dude, I, wow, that, that just unlocked a memory for me. <laughs> well, once again, Alex gets his ass kicked. But uh, make sure you're following us on all social medias. Leave us a like, comment, or review for the podcast. Find us at Nostalgia Junkies Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, we have one episode left in our season after this. Soon. We will be reviewing 90s food commercials. I'm so excited. So make sure you stay tuned in the next two weeks. I've been Alex. And this is Brandon. Peace. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure to never miss an episode. Till the next episode.